You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God as you see that open your Bible to Joshua chapter 1. Hallelujah. How many you were here this morning? That's why you came expecting. I said you came expecting. Now, if you weren't here this morning, then obviously tonight we're launching off what I spoke about this morning. So I'm not going to teach this morning's message again for time's sake, but it is vital you get it because we were talking about renewing the mind and how important it is to get the old trees out of our life that's producing the fruit we don't want and then to get the right tree in there. And this morning we spoke about how you can plant that seed and how you begin by the renewing of the mind. And we looked at the power that God has given us, and that is the power to see vision, to see and understand and have a purpose in our lives, that God has given us an imagination. We know that God, the Word of God says that He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above what we ask or think. God is able. God is able. I said, God is able. So if he's able, then how come we haven't yet seen it if it hasn't manifested in our lives? He says, it's according to the glory that works in you. According to the glory that works in you. Now get a hold of that. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above what you ask or think. In other words... It's limited to the way you think. It's limited to the way you are able to perceive something. Uh, the way I saw it one day is, uh, you know, I had a look and I, if we're going to ask God for something, why, how come we don't always see what we're believing for? And I saw it this way. I asked you how many of you wouldn't mind your salary, if I could just click my finger now, and you're going to work tomorrow, and your boss calls you in and says, I'm going to double your salary. Two times. How many wouldn't mind that? Some of you may have a bigger dream than that, but you, you do, you, tomorrow's okay with twice. How many wouldn't mind two, two times? That's double, right? Now, what's very interesting about that is I've never had anybody say, no, nah, I'm okay where I am. Not once. Not anybody. Now, if I took everybody here and we said, okay, let's, let's do an experiment. I want everybody to line up and you just, next to the person that you're closest to, just ask them what their salary is. If, if yours is higher, go that way. If yours is lower, go that way. And so we now we sort everybody from the highest salary over here down to the lowest salary on this side. Now you take the person with the lowest salary and they want to double. Remember, you put your hand up. I'm not saying it's you, but whoever it is, there is someone here who is, happens to be the lowest. We'll fix that. But there's someone over here that if you double their salary, it's still way less than the person on this side that's asking for double. Way, way less. I mean, if you double his, he may not even come a tenth of the way up the list. Are you with me? It's going to take a lot of doubles to get him up there. You see what I'm saying? So doubling his salary helps him. But this guy proves it didn't solve the problem. Because he still wants double. You see, you double him, double him, double him, and you keep doubling him or her. And eventually, they'll get up here on this side. But even if they're on the top of the list, they're still saying another time. Isn't that right? That's right. There's nothing wrong with that. It's the fact that that's, it's interesting. You know, there's people that say, are you the prosperity people? You go, hang on now. You don't want prosperity? You know, when we talk to our, our, our prayer lines and people that receive prayer requests and the letters that we get, there's only two areas that majority of prayer requests come in. It's healing and finances. And the church has been too scared to talk about both. 
And then those that dip their foot in the healing side, oh, but we're not that money guy. No, no, you know you need it. This guy proved that he wants double his salary. Isn't that right? Now, the thing is, we get nervous around that. Oh, I don't want to be materialistic. Materialism is not wanting material things. Just pull on your clothes. That's material. How do you want material on you? Let me see. How do you want material on material? I'm glad you got material on you. Your car. Go give it a knock. It's material. Isn't that right? Isn't that right? It's the material, steel, rubber, and things like that. Your house is... So materialism is not the wanting of material things. You need material things. Jesus said so. He said, your father knows you need these things. But get your priority right. Seek first the kingdom of God. So materialism is not the desire for things. Materialism, ism. You think of any ism out there, what's it talking about? It's a belief system. It's, it's who your God is. So when material things become your pursuit, become your God, that is materialism. But you can sort that out. You don't serve God and mammon. You've you got to make a choice. You can't serve God and mammon. You're either serving one or the other. So the decision is, I'm not going to allow things to control me. I'm going to serve God. So, without faith it is? Hebrews 11 verse 6, it is impossible to please God. He who comes to God must believe that He is and that He, that he is a rewarder. So, does God want to provide your need? You said you need your salary doubled. This guy proved it. Yes? Now, when it comes to the next time for an increase, what does your prayer request sound like? I'm asking that to be analytical. You need to check your heart, check your... Because I know what it's like. I remember when I started out in this, uh, you know, the, I used to start these kind of requests when I was working for a business and I was trusting God for an increase. Then I want to make sure my request, because you have what you believe and you, what you ask for. So I'm going to ask correctly. Yeah? And so you look, what is, what is the rate of inflation? How much do I need extra? How much wouldn't I mind? If I had that, then my life would be more comfortable. Where am I falling short? Uh, you know, the rate of inflation, the, all of that. And, uh, and then we see, okay, but companies generally, you know, they may be offering 6%. Some companies may offer 10%. But you know what? I can believe God for more than 10%. And I said, you know, I'm going to put my faith way out there. I'm going to believe God for 15%. I thought, man, I'm stretching my faith. Who gets 15% increase? And I would write it down and I would register it. Janine and I would come together. We'd stand in faith and believe God for those increases. And I believe we have 15% increase. And it happened. We got our 15%. The only problem is 15% is not double. Double is 100%. I said double is 100%. But I think I'm, you know, I'm, I'm being realistic now about this. Even though I'm stretching my faith. Hallelujah. Maybe one day I'll go to 20. But in your heart, you actually want 100. You're thinking. And God says, I'm hearing what you're asking. But I know what you're thinking. You're asking 15%, but you actually want 100. But you're too nervous to say it. And I want you to know, I am able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above what you ask or even are thinking. You see, we water down our expectation by the time it gets to our mouth. And I'm yet to tell you, 
take the lid off. Someone once came to me and they said, Pastor Alan, I really, you know, I just wanted you to know, I appreciate the way you teach you know, prosperity, you know, because some of the guys out there, and he named a few names, and I won't name them here because they've more integrity than that. And he said, uh, but don't you think this and this and that, don't you think that's over the top? And as he said that, I heard the Spirit of God in my heart. Define over the top. So I said it. I, 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 Jesus said, I don't say anything unless I hear my father say it. So I heard over the top. So I'm going to say that. Define over the top. And he said, you know, you know, it's like, uh, isn't it excessive? Isn't it? And, and I knew what the Lord was saying. I said, now, what is your top? What's your top? Because we go talk to somebody like, like, like Donald Trump or someone like that. They've got a whole other definition for top, man. Isn't that right? I mean, their, their, their jumbo jet has got gold handles and things like that. Amen. And, and this person, you, you believe in God for a, another car. Maybe you want a big house. You know, you already got two cars. Maybe two cars is over the top. What about the guy down the road? He's just believing for a bicycle. He wouldn't mind having your second car. Maybe your second car's over the top for this guy with a bicycle. You see, we all have different tops. And so what's happened is over time, we kind of excuse our existence. And there's a, yes, I should believe for more. But if I get, yeah, no, no, that's now excessive. Yet there are people already living there that actually do need more. What, a, what, what, is, what does a pastor need a plane for? Excuse me? I went out yesterday. I was yesterday I went for a funeral and uh, I had to get home and they only had a plane like way, way late. I got home late last night. Normally I spend my day Saturday praying. I had to do that ahead of time because I knew I had a late schedule. And I sat waiting for that plane and I could have been home four or five hours before that. Are you with me? I need to be able to go where I want to go, get home when I want to come home. So I, I have a private plane now. I just had 300 people pay the fuel for me. And they, they, they named it some other airline. But you know, <laughs> the point I'm making is, uh, what do you need? You see, it's, it's all very well saying, oh, yeah, you don't need that. Well, what do you need a car for? Well, I need to get to work. You can cycle to work. I said, you can cycle to work. What do you need a car for? Yeah, but I've got to leave five o'clock in the morning. So get going. Because you could use that money to feed the poor. Come on, let's not be hypocritical about it now. We all got these little things that we come up with. That money could have been used for the poor. What happens if I'm already giving to the poor and doing what I should be doing? See, I'm trying to get you. You've got to realize it, the enemy's managed to put limitations on our lives. He's made you think that that's as far as you can go. And after that, the family starts to look at you. The, uh, uh, we know where you come from. Now, now you were that church. Oh, now we're high and mighty. No, we're trusting God for His system. Don't measure me against the world. Don't measure me against a heathen, uncircumcised Philistine millionaire. Don't measure me against the world system of measurement. Measure me yourself as well against God's expectation for you. And he said, I have provided you every need you could possibly want or desire. He says, I've given you every blessing. I've made all grace abound towards you that you always have all sufficiency in all things and abundance for every good work. I've provided your every need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Given you everything pertaining to life and godliness. Now, I just ran through a whole string of scriptures. I thought I'd have way more amens. Well, I wasn't even preaching. I'm just reading word. That's God speaking. I said that was God speaking. We've got to blow these lids off, family. We have to start renewing our minds to God's access. 
God's not wasteful, but He is accessful. He's exceedingly, abundantly above what you ask or think. Hallelujah. You ready for that kind of lifestyle? Because if you're not, you're not going to be able to get there. It begins with the renewing of the mind. Beloved, I pray you prosper in all things and be in health even as your soul prospers. God was speaking to Joshua and getting him ready to take the children of Israel into the promised land. And now he is uh, he's following on from his mentor, Moses, who's a powerful man of God and walked face to face with God. I was able to see God, saw his back, his glory, visited with him in the fire of God. Opened red seas, fed people out of the sky and birds came and water out of a rock. And this is a powerful man. And now Joshua has to take over. And God prepares him and says, I have to make sure you are ready to walk in the full power. I'll walk with you. I'll be with you. Everything I said to Moses, I will do for you. But there is a requirement. Be strong and of good courage. And verse 8, the book of the law will not depart from your mouth. You're going to have to be speaking what I give you to say. Nothing else comes out your mouth. Meditate in it day and night. This is not a once a week thing. Not when you remember. This is something you're going to do as a lifestyle. You want to see me work in your life, you're going to have to adopt a different lifestyle. Take the word, meditate, dream it, think about it, talk about it, imagine it. Family, imagination is not the devil's gift. If you can imagine, the devil didn't put it in you. I, God says, He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what you ask or that's your imagination at work. If you can think it, if you can think it, oh, no, no, hang on, Pastor. I, I think that, that's a little excessive. Uh, no, no, no. That's, that's just not possible. Hey, you just triggered the realm of God. If it's not possible for man, it is possible for God. Hallelujah. Well, do you think it's possible, blah, 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 fill in the blank? Well, do you think it's possible for a man to walk on water? Yeah, but no, 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 no. We're talking physics here. You talk to a physicist, unless, you know, they were using perspex under the water or some unique method of freezing the water or gel or whatever. I don't know what the technology was back then. No, hang on. We're talking about fishermen. Hello. But something happened there at a molecular level. Obviously. He wasn't, the Bible didn't say he floated on the water. Like God, Jesus went, bring Peter out there. He walked. The Bible says he walked. Clunk, clunk walk. On H2O, water. Now, if he was walking like that and someone came behind him, don't you think he would have sunk? Because the Bible says when fear entered his heart, he began to sink. So, but as long as he was walking by faith, as his foot hit the water, something must have happened at a molecular level, but it's beyond our understanding. And at that moment, it supported him. And he went to the next one. But you go back there, now it's liquid. I'm just trying to extend your thinking here because you got to get beyond trying to think, I just don't see how that can happen. Don't worry about the not seeing. 
believe, 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 believe. Because when Jesus said, look on me, don't, why, why, why are you fearing? Why, why do you have short faith? Keep that faith alive. And they walked back to the boat. You didn't carry him back. As long as you could get that fear out of his mind. Family of God, I want us to get to a place where you can say, I don't care what it's going to take. I may not know how to get there. I may not understand it, but I know this. My salary is doubled. It's just, I, I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know what promotions need to happen. I don't, if someone, I don't care. What, I just don't care. I'm using that as an example because that's what we all put our hand up for just now. But it can be in any area of your life. What is it that you know you need to have in your life. What is it that God wants you to have? Someone says, well, you know, uh, God says he'll supply all your need. It's only needs. You know, well, what do you actually need? What do you actually need? No, no. David saw into this long before. We saw the revelation. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. No wants. How can you get to a place where someone says, what do you want? Nothing. Why? Because all my wants are taken care of. See, when the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That's not for heaven one day. There's no enemies in heaven. That's yeah, while you're on this earth. That's why I'm not, I'm not afraid of enemies. Someone comes along and they're all upset with me. Are, are you an enemy? You better believe it. Well, praise God, there's a table somewhere here. Because you prepare a table in the presence of my enemies. See, when David saw Goliath, he didn't see an enemy. He saw taxes paid. He saw, all his, he saw his wife there. He saw... Uh, come on, there's my, there's my, there's my, there's my advantage. There we go. I've got a step here. I've got a platform. No one else wants him. Let me at him. He ran at his problem. I want us to get rid of all those limitations that religion tried to put on us. Because we serve a God who is excessive. And he's telling Moses here, I'm going to take you there. But you're going to have to make this a lifestyle. You don't get this way just now and then, hearing it every, you know, uh, every quarter in a church service where the pastor maybe touches on it nervously because we don't want people to think we talk about these things too much now. You're not going to get it that way. Meditate in it day and night. It's become your thinking process. I see my God. He's a God of excess. He's a God of more than enough. He's a God that provides every need. That means my every need, wants, desires. Oh God, he'll give you everything you want. Well, man, what if it's fleshly? No, no. Once you make God your Lord, he gives you the desires of your heart. That doesn't just mean he gives you whatever you think you want. No, he gives you the desire. And once, once I'm serving God, my desires become His desires. I want what He wants. If God doesn't want me to have it, I'll just go to Him and say, Father, I would really like that. He says, if you have that, it's going to put your ministry back 10 years. Forget it. Take it. I don't, I don't need it. I, no, I don't want that then. I'll cut that out my life like that because I want His best for me. And so when you get that right and you're asking according to the will of God and you understand that, he will bring you everything you need. Now watch what he says here. You meditate on it. It's got to become a lifestyle. Bump your neighbor and say, I hope you're getting this as a lifestyle. You don't wake up wishing this happens. You don't look at your neighbor and, and, and think, when's my turn? No, I'm living this way. See, I don't care what happens to anyone around me. I see other people blessed and they get this and they get that. And you get people, oh, how come they always get it? No, I, I got way more than that, man. I, mine, mine on the way, oh man. 
You are meditating day and night that you observe to do according to all that is written in it. You will make your way prosperous. Now, family of God, this isn't even a prophet quoting God. This is God directly speaking to Joshua. Evidently, God is happy with prosperity. You don't have to believe a preacher. Believe God himself. He's telling Joshua, you do what I tell you to do. You will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Are you ready for some good success? You see, it's going to take a meditation. You're going to have to see yourself there long before you get there. You're not going to wake up one day accidentally. Oh man, I never ever thought of this. No, you need to start seeing it ahead of time. Where do you see your business? Where do you see your investments? Where do you see your ministry? What clientele do you see? When Janine and I planted the church in 1994, we had no idea it was coming. We had maybe 10 names on a list. But we made sure there were enough chairs for 100 people. Why? Because I saw it. I saw you long before you got here. I may not have known your exact features and your face, but I knew you'd be in that chair. Janine, we see this place packed every single Sunday. Why? Because if I see an empty chair, that is a place for someone to get saved. I see, if you see an empty chair, you need to bring someone and put them in it. Because we're seeing people saved. I see altar calls. 20, 30, 40, 50 salvations at a time. That's only now. I'm seeing a thousand saved. I'm seeing stadiums full. How do you say amen to that? See, you've got to, you've got to see these things long before they happen. You've got to dream it. You've got to see it. You've got to speak it. Talk about it. Hallelujah. I said it this morning for those that weren't here. Don't wait. If you know you believe you're going to be the CEO, you're going to be in that office there one day, you may be in overalls, that's fine. Go buy yourself your suit. And in the morning, get dressed into your suit and say, okay, but now I'm going to have to go work in the work office, so I better just put my suit back out and get your overall on. I may take a little longer, but what are you doing? You're creating an image. Creating an image. You buy that briefcase. You buy that laptop. Get it all ready. What happens? Your boss calls you in one day. I've seen you've been working in the field there and I see you in your overalls. But you know what? I really, I've watched you and your commitment and everything that you do. You're on time. You work harder than anybody else. You produce the best of anyone. I want you in that office. Can you start tomorrow? You better believe it. I'm ready. I'll be there. He says, but you've got to wear a suit now. I'm, I'm ready, don't you? Aren't you going shopping? No, that's done. I, I knew I was going to be there. What are you doing? You're setting an image before you. Make sure that your environment is ready to receive the clientele you want. Don't just serve the clientele you have. Make sure that your business, everything structured, set up, the whole stand. You're setting vision. Then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Romans 12 verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world. Be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. My family, if you're still wrestling with something that you want, I don't know, I hear you, Pastor, but I just don't see it. Then get the word of God, go and read it, meditate on it until you can convince yourself this is God. See, the reason I believe the way I do today it started with my pastor speaking, but then what would happen is I would go to the office and start talking about it, and people would ask difficult questions. Now, I don't have a problem with them. Yeah, but what about it? And I went back to the Word, and I studied the Word, and it is written. I don't believe what I believe because Pastor Theo taught it. I believe it because Jesus said it. That's why I keep emphasizing who's speaking here. 
This is God speaking. It's not some pastor or some preacher. This is God out of his mouth. And when I know it's out of God's mouth, nothing anyone says can talk me out of it. And people have tried. They brought this document and they brought this video and they brought this message and what this person said. And every time it happens, I say, now tell me what these three scriptures say. Never, ever. Well, that's what we believe here. It's not, it's not what it's about. Why do you believe this? Well, that's my church. No. Pastor Allen said, no. It is written. Because when you have the perfect will of God, nothing can stop you getting there. It is God's will and desire that every man be saved. Is that what the word says? God's will is that none should perish. Don't dare tell me God created someone to go to hell. How could he do that? Because then why would he want that none should perish? Well, then why did you create that person? Predestined for hell. Give me a break. The thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. See, I've renewed my mind. I've seen the will of God. Jesus said he came and he healed how many? How many? Was there anyone that he said, no, 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 uh, I can, uh, not you, you know, everybody else, but you know God's dealing with you on something. So I, I, I apologize. And uh, if you got the wrong thought now and the wrong idea, I can't do it for you today. Did he do that? Now, how many of those people that he healed were perfect? How many were sinners? Every one of them. He hadn't yet died on the cross. He hadn't paid. Everyone were outright sinners. Where did we get this thing religiously when someone said, can you be healed? Yeah. Oh, do you believe Jesus is your Lord? Yeah, right. oh, are you serving Jesus? Right. Ah, Jesus never ever did that. He healed how many? All. What criteria did he use to decide to heal? Because if there were certain requirements to be healed, if he healed all, then whoever was choosing to show to Jesus that day chose really well. They picked the people really well because everybody they picked got healed. So whatever criteria they were using, they picked really well. No, no, that wasn't it. What's the criteria to be healed? One criteria, belief. That's why I'd often say, do you believe? I'm able to do this. That's your, that's your criteria. That's your only requirement. Do you believe? Do you believe? And that's God's will. I said that is God's will. God hates poverty. Every time he spoke to anybody, if you would serve me, I will bless you and you will see that blessing. Others will see it and they will know I'm your God. What he said. Family of God, if he hates poverty, I hate it with a passion. I hate poverty, but I love the poor. Why? Because I want to get you out of there. I want you to rise up and become everything God's called you to be. Hallelujah. So if anybody thinks they're mocking me by saying, oh, it's that rich church. Thank you. I'm glad you see it because there'll be none poor amongst us, none lacking amongst us, none wanting amongst us. That's the God that we serve. That's the perfect will of God. Now, how am I going to get there? Renewing my mind. I have to see it. And the way I did it is I wrote scriptures down everywhere. When there's something I was believing God for, I wrote that scripture on, on like maybe 30 post-it stickers. And I would put it up on my shaving mirror, put it on the mirror of my car, the rear view mirror. I put it on my, my computer there, uh, monitor at work. I put everywhere I saw it. Why? Because wherever I went, I saw it and I confessed it. And I got in the car, I saw it, I confessed it. Got to work, I saw it, I confessed it. What am I doing? I'm triggering because I know what it's like. You, you think I, I must remember to say that and before you know it, the day is finished. So I had trigger points. I knew where I would sit. I knew where I'd have moments. 
And I made sure every moment had that same scripture triggering. What am I doing? Renewing my mind every time I saw it. And I didn't just go, oh yeah. No, I said it out loud. Read it out loud. Don't let the word depart from your mouth. And by speaking, now I don't need to do that anymore because now it's, it's, it's the trees there. Are you with me? The tree is now nurtured and the fruit is boom, boom, boom. You bump me, you're going to get word. Amen. Why? Because it took time to develop the tree, but now it's there. Hallelujah. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2. The Lord answered me and said, write the vision, make it plain on tablets. Why? So he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. At the end, it will speak, it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it shall surely come. It will not tarry. There's one of those sentences again. If you try and read that with an English, you know, structure intellect, you're going to wonder what that means. Because he says, though it tarries, it will not tarry. I'm like, is it tarrying or isn't it? What's he saying? You see, in the mind of God... Before Jesus ever went to that cross, healing was already paid for. How could God do that? It says he was crucified before the foundation of the world. So it was still going to play out in the natural. But God used his imagination and he saw Jesus on the cross. He'd already imagined it. See, God's not going to ask you to do something he doesn't do. You created in his image, isn't he right? When he said, I'll make man in our image, let them have dominion. Let them. So he's, he operates the same way. So in his mind, Jesus is crucified. That's that physical manifestation on the cross itself, on a physical beam, the wood is not the event. In God's mind, the event was the fact that he could see it. It's done. And he would have spoken it. Because that's his, the method of his operation. So he would have said to Jesus, I am sending you to the earth and you're going to have to live there and there's a day you're going to be put on the cross. And Jesus said, I'm willing. I'll do it. So now it's settled. In God's mind, it's done. That's why the woman with the issue of blood could come up behind Jesus and touch him and get the healing. Jesus didn't say, hang on now, I, I still got to go to the cross because by my stripes you healed and I haven't been there yet. No, in the mind of God, it was done. And this woman dared to reach beyond the natural manifestation into the realm of imagination. If I can touch his garment, if I can touch his garment, if I can touch his garment. What's she doing? She's meditating. She's meditating. How many you know how to worry? You know that that's meditation. Now, now stop on the negative and go with what the word says. Everything that's pure, everything that's just, everything that's praiseworthy, everything. Meditate on these things. Meditate on these things. If I can touch him, if I can touch him, if I can touch him, if I can just get, if I can touch him, I will be, I will be, I will be, I will be. She had a vision in front of her. She was speaking it. She was meditating it. And the moment she touches him, Boom. She's healed. And what did Jesus say? Your faith made you well. Oh, it's his power. It's his anointing. It's his word. It's his glory. It's his Holy Spirit. It's all God. There's nothing for her to claim. But he said... Because you saw it, you acted on it, you got it. So it looks like it's tearing. But in God's mind, it's already happened. You got to see that. When am I ever going to have that job? God's looking at you and saying, why are you speaking that way? You already have it. See, that's where we limit our angels. 
I tell you, I, <laughs> you know, being a pastor is, is, is work enough to try and turn minds. But I think an angel must be really be frustrated. Because he's sent for the purpose of working in your life. That's what the word says. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 12. said, to whom of the angels did he ever say? Sit at my right hand. But verse 13, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister? Four, not two. Minister four. God has given angels to carry out what you need to have done. And then we start saying things, I don't see that, and I just don't understand that. I don't think that can happen. I don't. Angels going, <laughs> have you not read your book? No, God has placed in man. What is man that you're mindful of? Son of man that you visit him. Made him just a little lower than God. He put all things under his feet. Angel longs for that. You get to create the way my creator creates. He calls you son. He's your daddy. And you don't want what he's got for you. I'm yeah. He sent me to go fetch it for you. Just send me. How are we going to send him? How are we going to make sure that angel activates? Start saying it. See it in the word. Get those scriptures out. Get it down in your heart. Get that tree grown up and nurtured. Get it on your mouth. Start speaking it. And then activate it. Start imagining. See yourself. Create that board. Get that vision down. Write it down. Get the picture of that car. Put it up in front of you. Get a little cutout of your face and put it in the driver's seat. You can do Photoshop on it if you want to. See it. I told you how Janine and I believed for our house. Once we found the house, we believed it was ours. We said, God, you, is this the right one? We had the assurance in our spirit. We put the offer in and the owner was dragging the heels. But we said, one day we were busy driving home and I decided, let's go home. Janine says, where are we going? I said, we're we going home. She's like... No, we went home, pulled up on the driveway. I said, honey, we're home. Now we're going to go back to that place we're renting. We'll sleep there tonight. But this is home. We did that every day. Wherever we went, even if we went going out of our way, we first went home. And then we went to sleep in the place we rented. And it wasn't long after that, we were moving in. I got the, I drove up and hit the remote and go, my garage opened for me. But I was living there a long time before they gave me the remote. Write it down. Be bold. Make it plain. Do you have your vision? How you wouldn't mind if I walked up to you now and gave you a check of one million rand? Okay, okay, okay. Show me what you're going to spend it on tomorrow. Show it. Show me. Um, uh, um, uh, uh, yeah, no, I'm going to, I'm going to go find a house. And, I, and, I, and I, you see, why must God give you a million rand? You don't need it tomorrow. I said, you don't need it tomorrow. No, I do. No, you don't. Because you've got no plan for it. Let me see. Where are the plans? Let me see. Let me see. See, now that, now that God sees. That he sees. That he sees. See, now God says, oh, oh, oh. So you need 647,321 rand? Okay, I, I can, I, that I can arrange for you. See, now the angels, now he's got practical something to work with. Amen. God, please increase me. How much? Uh, double. Why? Why must he double your salary? Because this guy on this side already proved double is not enough. What is it that you need? Have you written it down? Can you see it? 
Do you know what you need to pay for it? How many staff are going to man that office? How many people do you need to run that soup kitchen? Do you know who your suppliers are? Do you know the products you're going to buy? Do you know what education you need? Do you know what university you're going to study at? Do you know what... Come on, you're getting a hold of what I'm saying? See, once you write it down, you begin to flesh it out. Because in the beginning, it may just be the picture. But now as you meditate, you go, hang on, but for that to be, I also need this and also need that. And I need to add this. And, I, and as you're meditating every day, God's building it for you. See, they talk about that two minutes in the elevator. How many of you heard that? It's like, let's say you, you, you're going somewhere and you're at a high class hotel or something and you're going to the restaurant on the top floor. And as you step in, you hit the top floor button, you're on the way to the restaurant. Next moment, kaboom, Mr. Big Bucks, billionaire steps in. You've now got 15 floors to sell your vision. You've got a billionaire next to you. And you want to say, wow, it's hot today, hey? You've just wasted 10 seconds. You're already on floor five. Your money's running out. And you can't say, yo, you got a lot of money. Can I have some? Everybody's asking him for money. Can you say, I'm glad we met today. This is a divine appointment. Let me tell you about a vision that I have. And you put it down there and say, this is what I know. This is where we're going. And by floor 10, he's already going, hang on. Can we have supper tonight? Can you articulate that quickly? Do you know what it is? Family, these things don't happen by accident. When Janine and I came to plant this church, we didn't come with, I hope this works. We saw it. We saw the thousands saved. And it's still growing and it's still increasing. Aren't you glad we wrote the vision down? And made it plain. Now it's your turn. Now it's your turn. You got that vision? Some of you may have not brought yours. You write quickly. Write, write, write. (laughs) Some of you didn't know it's going to happen tonight. That's why you don't miss meetings. This morning we were given our assignment. And people came and prepared tonight. Amen. So maybe you're here tonight. Here's the good news. God's not time bound. You can still have that vision in you. But when you get home, make sure you write it down. But tonight, we're going to anoint those. Just stand to your feet and hold that vision up. Now, let me just help you with something here because obviously this is not to criticize anybody. So don't take it as criticism. Take it as an exhortation, something to change. But some of us may have come and said, yeah, my vision, and held up our phone. The phone's not your vision. Yeah, but it's all written down in here. No, that, you've got to have it somewhere that you see it all the time. It's not just on your phone. Are you with me? It's, uh, yes, start there, write it down. But I'm talking about getting it up where you can see it. Have a poster somewhere. Somewhere where it ignites you every time you see it. Hallelujah. You ready? Hold it up before the Lord. Now, Father, I have obeyed your word and you called me to deliver this message. I believe I've shared it as you shared it with me. And each and every person here has come with an expectation. You have established your word and here before you you see dreams you see visions imaginations that have been written down you said write it down make it plain so that he who sees it can run with it And we present these to you tonight. 
And I pray, Father, that that which is begun as a vision, as a dream, as an imagination. We've already taken the first step of manifestation in recording it. The seed has begun. The process has begun. And I am coming against every work of darkness, every work of Satan, every evil demonic spirit that would try to hinder this. And I break your hold in the name of Jesus. Say this, devil, I bind you. Get out of my way. Let my finances go. You let my provision go. Get out of my body. Get out of my finances. Get out of my family. Get out of my ministry. You have no place. Get out my garden in the name of Jesus. Now you've resisted him, he's fled. Now say, Father, here's the vision. I've written it down. I see it. It is mine. You've called me to steward this and everything I need has already been provided. It is mine. I receive it tonight. I receive this vision. Fulfilled. Manifested. I am running with it. This will not tarry. It is done. It's completed. Right here. Right now. In the name of Jesus. Now ministering spirits. Go forth. And bring my harvest to me. Bring what I need. Go fetch it. Bring it to me. God said, you sent to minister for me. I receive it now. It's mine. In the name of Jesus, I see this vision fully manifested, fully funded, fully provided, fully furnished, free in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father, I anoint these visions in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, let your fire fill it. Let your power flow. We call these visions forth in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, 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 glory. Jesus, 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 Jesus.